We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. How many of you guys know people who are just incredibly generous? Like those people who just give and they really don't have to give. Like, they're always so giving. They're always so willing to help you. Like, if you're moving, they're the first ones to sign up to be there. And, and if you've got something going on, they're the first ones to show up. Like, individuals who are just incredibly generous and just love to give of themselves. You know, at Relevant Church, we've had the blessing of having incredibly generous people to be a part of our church. These individuals have come alongside Relevant Church since day one and have always been there. Whatever we needed, whenever we needed to move anything, whenever we needed to purchase anything, these individuals always stepped up. And I remember one of those individuals, his name is Ryan. I met Ryan. He was my neighbor. Ryan was just a guy. He didn't know Jesus. He didn't follow Jesus. He was just kind of doing his own thing, living with his girlfriend. And we used to hear them arguing and fussing and next door. And uh, soon enough, we became really good friends. And and God just moved in their life. And they just got married and had this amazing relationship where they just started to grow in faith together. And I remember he's the one who invited me to go to the church that ended up being on staff at. It was because of him, an individual who was new to faith, who said, hey, I'm going to this church. I want you to come and check it out with me. I went over there. I was hired on staff because of his invite. But there was something significant that Ryan did that just kind of blew my mind. He was involved in the local church, and we were there, and we're serving together. And then God called me and Christine to step away and come and plant a life-giving church in Niles, Michigan. And I told Ryan, I said, Ryan, listen, this is what God is calling us to do. I just want you guys to pray for us as we're moving forward. And Ryan was like, what do you need me to do? I was like, what do you mean, what do you need me to do? He says, listen, I want to support you in any specific way. I can't move out there with you guys, but I want to come alongside you any specific way. I said, well, you know, we are a church plant. We don't have a denominational backing. So any support that you can give us financially would be amazing. And at that moment, he was like, where can I do this? I said, well, in fact, we just uh, set up a giving portal where you can sign up for recurring giving. And on that moment, on that day, before this church even had its first service, had its first meeting, had its first interest meeting, Ryan signed up for recurring giving and started giving to Relevant Church. Yeah, we can celebrate that. And Ryan has always been given. And, you know, it's funny because when you start off like that as a church, you got all these people who sign up to give. And then after a while, after a year, after two, they're like, okay, I think we've given enough. You guys are grown now. Fly, birdie, fly. We're not giving anymore. But Ryan has stayed consistent this whole time. Constantly always giving, constantly always also giving encouragement. We've been blessed to have incredible givers here at Relevant Church. And Ryan has only probably been to this church maybe three or four times, but yet he's in support of the mission and the vision here. I remember another buddy who I actually jumped on the phone with just this week. His name is Theo. Theo and I couldn't stand each other in college. I hated him. He was a bully to me. No, we just didn't, we were in rival fraternities. And so we would always get on each other. And 
Theo and I just could not stand each other. But as we got older, as we got into our careers, me and Theo developed a relationship and became really good friends. And I remember I was telling Theo, hey, listen, I'm about to go plant this church. And the funny thing is, if you know anything about denominations and like people in church, sometimes church politics can get crazy, right? And so I was part of a denomination and I was leaving this domination to go plant this church, this life-giving church in Niles, Michigan. And a lot of people who were part of that same denomination turned their backs on me and would not even speak to me. But yet Theo said, what do you need? I said, man, listen, we're planting this church. We're, we're starting it. We've got no money. We're just, we believe this is where God is calling us to do. He says, listen, I may not be able to sign up for recurring giving at this moment, but you ask me anytime you're in need, never hesitate. Don't worry about what the amount is. Just ask. And if I can do it, I'll give. And it just so happened that times would come up where there would be a financial need. Maybe it was 50 bucks. Maybe it was 500 bucks. And the incredible thing is that no matter what the amount was, Theo always gave. It's amazing. Yeah, we can celebrate that. I would come to him. I said, Theo, you know, I've got this question. I've got this need at the church. We need this keyboard and we need this. And Theo was like, whatever you need, bro, I got you. It's been eight years since we've actually seen each other in person. He moved away to D.C., and it's been a few years since we've connected, and we've, you know, we stayed on connected through phone and email and stuff like that. But this time we got on FaceTime. They had a new baby, and we were celebrating their new baby. And I'm like, man, dude, it's been so good. And then he says something to me like, man, how are things going with the church? i kind of been following along on Facebook. I said, man, things are going great. People are coming to faith in Jesus. It's exciting. He says, you used to send me an email once a month. Why don't you send that email anymore? So when we first started, we would send out emails to everybody who was giving and just giving them an update on what's going on. And then, you know, as you just get more involved into the local church and more involved into what's going on, you just kind of, you know, you, you stop sending that email. The email starts going quarterly and then every six months. And then after a while, you're just like, man, you know, I don't want to be burdening these people. So I, I told him that same story. I said, man, I just, you know, I felt bad. And he was like, you must not like money. I said, excuse me, Theo? He said, bro, every time I received that email, it reminded me that I needed to support your mission and your vision and what God was doing there. And so I've just been sitting here on this pile of change, and I figured you really didn't need it. I said, bro, I'm sending you the email right now. I'm formulating it as we talk. We've had incredible givers at Relevant Church. I can name a bunch of other individuals who do not even, Theo has never sat in one of our services. He's never, ever been here, but he's been in support of the mission and the vision here. And it's been absolutely incredible. There's names like Katie and all these other individuals who supported the mission and the vision of Relevant Church. We've been blessed. And you know one thing that all of these individuals have in common It's really important to understand that the one thing that these individuals have in common is they've all had a heart for our house. And because of their giving, they've made it possible for you to be sitting in those seats. For me to continue to carry on this vision. Because of individuals who weren't even a part of relevant church, their gifts producing fruit, as Pastor talked about last week. They've sowed seeds into relevant church. They've sowed seeds into this ministry. And we've seen people come to faith in Jesus because of that. And scripture says this in Psalms 112, 5 through 6. It says, it is well 
with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. It says, for righteousness will never be moved and he will be remembered forever. And these individuals who've come alongside Relevant Church and individuals who've been such friends to us, we look at them and we give them honor and we say, thank you so much for carrying the load for us when we didn't have. People who have heart, people who have a desire to help and be generous to people, they are remembered. You remember the grandma who used to always give you the piece of candy in church. You guys remember that? Every had that grandma? Christine, where, oh, she's in Rika. She's turning into that grandma. She always has candy in her purse. I don't know why. We remember the neighbor who would always come and help us mow our lawn or shovel our driveway. We remember these people because they deal generously and lend without even any thought. Just this week, we celebrated the life of somebody who gave so much to this country, George W. Bush. It was a huge celebration. People were inspired by how generously he lived his life. There was a quote that his wife had given about him that they had posted, and it just talked about how awesome of a heart that he had for other people, how he always wanted to look out for somebody else. And we give honor. Why did we give honor to him? We gave honor to him because he had a heart. He had heart. And so as I was doing some research for this message, the word heart really stood out and God really reminded me of what heart means. So heart is not only this thing in the middle of our chest. Heart is, it means this, courage or enthusiasm. Heart is courage or enthusiasm. When somebody, we say, hey, take heart, take courage. When we say, hey, take heart, we say, hey, you know what? Be enthusiastic about it. I mean, that person has a lot of heart for what he's doing. They have a lot of enthusiasm for what they're doing. Heart means courage and enthusiasm. Do you know this, that most things, most significant things are wrought in this world out of courage? Anything that we do that's significant usually stems in courage or stems in encouragement and stems in excitement about something. And so this is what we're asking you all to do. Next week, we have what's called Heart for the House. We are in the season of giving. We've talked about the individuals who generously gave to this house. We're in a season where we're celebrating Jesus Christ who generously gave himself to us. And so this season, we're inviting you into an awesome opportunity that we have every single year to have a heart for this house and be courageous in your giving and courageous in your heart for this house and be enthusiastic in your giving. So I want to give you a little bit of what heart for the house is going to do. We're super excited about heart for the house. Let me ask you a question. Is anybody here excited for heart for the house? We're excited for Heart for the House because Heart for the House is going to accomplish some really, really cool things. At the beginning of this year, God told us that the shift was coming and it was time to move from the building that we were in. God moved us because we delayed. We said, God, we know you want us to move, but geez, we kind of don't have anywhere to go. He was like, oh, yeah, watch this. I'm going to move y'all. 
And God has called us here, and we're in this holding pattern in this building. Like I said, they gave us six months to be here. And as we've been praying, as we did 21 days of fasting, we say, God, where do you have for us next? He says, just sit tight. I got what you need. I said, but God, we've got six months. He says, don't worry about that. I own the cat on a thousand hills. I can do anything in any time, so just wait on me. But one thing that he's also convicted us of is hope works. Hope is not this thing that we have that we just sit on. Hope is not something that we get and we're like, man, I hope this happens. You know, some of the most hopeful people don't want to do anything. Because all they rely on is, I hope my situation changes. I hope I can find a new job. But you haven't applied for any. I hope that I can save some money. But you keep spending all the money you're getting. And we know that God has a plan for us to have a home. And we're hoping that God is going to move and act in an incredible way. So one of the things Heart for the House is going to do is is going to create a faith seed where we're going to put some money aside and we're going to say, God, we are hoping for a new house and we're going to act on it by setting some money aside. We're just going to start planning for the gift that you're going to give. We're going to position ourselves in a way so that when that time comes, we can say, hey, we've got a little bit saved up and we know that the increase is going to come from you, but we're going to give to heart for the house. We're going to give towards a new space for us that we can call our own. So that's one of the things that Heart for the House is going to do. It's going to set aside for our new locations. Anybody excited about that? We're hopeful. We're hopeful for what God is going to do. But hope without work, faith without works is dead. So we're going to work a little bit. We're going to say, God, we're going to set aside some funds for you. The second thing that Heart for the House is going to do, it's going to increase the leadership capacity. Uh, We've got amazing leaders in this church who are serving, who are just giving of themselves incredibly, but with limited resources. Our youth is expanding, and they had, how many, 30 kids at Regroup? Incredible, 30 students at Regroup. So much so that they're saying that maybe we need to split now our Regroups and have them in two different houses because the Diaz's house is like overrun with students. Maybe we need to split it over a couple of different houses. They had over 50 kids over at Underground, and there's so much that God is doing is expanding our youth ministry, but our youth leaders are working with limited budgets and limited resources and limited capacity. So we want to say we want to invest in the next generation. We got leaders here who are giving of themselves day in, day out, who are working 40-plus hours with no compensation. And we're saying we're believing that in 2019, there is more and we need to create more room for you to grow and expand and reach more students and reach more people with the gospel. So we want to take the lid off. We want to take the financial lid off of what is happening in the ministry. So we want to increase the leadership capacity. The third thing that we want to do is we want to serve our city better. See, serving each other is how we roll at Relevant Church. You hear us say that all the time. We want to serve our city better. We've got this thing called Serve the City each summer. And I just had a dream this week. Last, last year, how many volunteers we had? We had about 50 servants serving our city. And I had a dream this week about 100 servants 
out in our city serving and blitzing our town with love and care and letting them know. And I believe 2019 is going to do that. We're going to be able to serve our city. Our dream and our vision is to take serve the city from just one Saturday to maybe this year, a Friday and a Saturday, and eventually be an entire week of service that we love on our city and provide for our city and let them know we're not here to take from you. We're here to give and to provide for you. We want to serve our city. So Heart for the House, as you give, is going to allow us to expand the resources that we use to make sure that our city is served. The next one I'm pretty excited about. I'm super excited about this. I dripped this in service a while back. I'm like, hey, there's something that we're working on that's kind of cool that we're really super excited about. We want to serve our city well. Relevant Church has been a church that knows that God has not only called us to just preach the gospel, but also live the gospel. To not only let people know that the gospel saves us from, but the gospel saves us too as well. Two good works, two love on our neighbors, two go out and make a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. And one of the ways that we want to be able to impact our city is not only the spiritual aspect, but also financially, economically, educationally. And God opened up an opportunity only that could be provided by him. So how many people in here love top-heavy coffee? How many individuals here were sad when top-heavy coffee went away? Well, I want to let you guys know that in October, Relevant Church purchased Top Heavy Coffee, and now we are launching Atomic Bean Coffee. So, Relevant Church purchased Top Heavy Coffee, but because the rights were under somebody else's name, we had to change the name, so we are launching Atomic Bean Coffee. Guys, we are super excited about this because this is saying we are putting a stake in our city. One of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to have permanent location for the church because we wanted to say we are rooted, we are grounded in this city. But God says maybe it's it's not time yet for that. But what I will do is I'll give you a business in town, a social enterprise that is going to be able to provide jobs, to provide great coffee, to provide an opportunity for people to gather, something that inspires the city again, that meets the city where they're at. Right now at Relevant Church, we say we gather around Christ, we grow in community, but also we go to the culture. So this is going to give us an opportunity to be in the culture every single day, engage with our community, love on our community, and serve our community. So these are some of the things that Heart for the House is going to do. Heart for the House is going to make sure that Atomic Bean Coffee launches well. And so we're looking at a launch date of January. We want to get going by the Hunter Ice Festival. Every year we do uh, one of our serving projects is having a warming station. As people are going through watching the ice sculptures, they usually would come into our face downtown and get warm and get some hot chocolate. Now we can serve them because this is what we do. Come on in. Absolutely. That would be awesome. So what does scripture say about giving? What does scripture teach us about giving? Philippians 2.13 says this. For God is working in you, 
giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In another translation, it says, for it is God who is at work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Listen, if you're struck in the heart, if you're saying, man, I'm really excited about what God is doing through Relevant Church. I'm really excited about 2019. We know that there's so much more God wants to do. Lean into that. Because it is God who is working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. It is God who's inspiring you and saying, how can I come alongside with Relevant and support the mission and the vision here? And as I've shared with you guys, I'm not one to coerce people into giving. I'm not the one who's going to try to guilt you into giving. I'm just going to give you the opportunity and say, hey, this is what God is doing. Will you join him? Exodus 35, 21 says this. And they came. Everyone whose heart stirred in him, their hearts were stirred. There was something that struck a chord. God said, this is a great opportunity for you. And they stepped up. It says, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting, the new house that God was establishing amongst his people and for all its services and for the holy garments. These individuals said, we believe in the mission and the vision of what God is doing. We believe that there's a house being developed for God's mission, and we want to come alongside, and they gave towards it. First Chronicles 29, 3, 5 through 9 says this, and this is David, one of the most incredible leaders amongst God's people. He, he loved God with all of his being, all of his doing. And he says this, it says, and now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, because of my devotion, I'm devoted to what God is doing. I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. Let me tell you what was happening. God's tent, God's meeting place, the church in those days was mobile. Sound familiar? They were a load-in, load-out church. When they needed to have church, they pitched the tent. And when the church was over, they turned it down and they moved on. And then when it was time to gather again, they pitched the tent. And David was like, man, I'm kind of tired of this load in, load out stuff. I got a little resources. I need to contribute to this because God deserves more than this. God needs to have his house established and rooted. God needs to have a place where he can dwell constantly with his people, where people can gather and celebrate, where people can far from God can come and have an encounter with him through his people. A place where there's going to be inspiration, where a place where they're going to have fun. They're not going to take themselves too seriously. They're going to wear some ugly sweaters where people are going to realize that God is not stuffy. God is not this high and holy being that does not want to have anything to do with his people, but a God who loves to engage with us daily. And so David says, I want to give to that. He says this, in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his temple. David had gone out and sought giving from other people. He'd gone out into other lands. He says, hey, I need some cedar. I need some resources here so we can build his house. And just like I'd opened here, there's people outside of this house who are supported, who are still supporting relevant church. So we're coming alongside of what God is doing through them. And we're coming and we're saying, we're going to give of ourselves. And then he asked this question. Now then, who will follow my example? 
and give offerings to the Lord today. And it says this, then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and the captains of the army and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. And this was the result. The people rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to God. I want you guys to see how the sentence structure is developed here. It says, then the family leaders. See, it's easy to think about, you know what? I don't have that type of resources. I don't have all this money stacked up to give towards the church like that. I don't have all this money in the bank. It didn't begin with the people who had. It says simply the family leaders. They brought what they had. They gave wholeheartedly. It wasn't out of what they didn't have. They just gave from what they had. It says the family leaders, then the leaders of the tribes of Israel, then the generals, then the captains of the army, then the kings. of the. It started with individuals like me and you who set the tone. We said we are going to support what God is doing in this house. And he says the people rejoiced for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Second Corinthians 8.12 says this, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has. There may be somebody here who says, man, I really want to give to heart for the house. Man, I really want to support what's going on here. But I just, I don't have the resources. I don't have a large amount to give. It says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable to what one has. Let me tell you something. Maybe somebody here, the only thing that you'll be able to give to heart for the house is $5. That gift will be acceptable and God will multiply your gift. It is not about the amount. It is about the heart behind it. It is about the courage. It's about the enthusiasm. God says, listen, give cheerfully. Scripture says, be a cheerful giver. So don't, don't say like, man, I, I've, I've got to figure out, I've got to save a couple checks from, from work. No, 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 no. We're not telling you to do anything outside of the ordinary. This is beyond our regular tithe and offering. We're not asking you to do, we're asking you to simply say, what is God calling you to contribute? What heart is he giving you for this house? For the will, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And willingness comes from why. Willingness comes from why. Everything that we do, we do because there's a why attached to it. So why are we excited about Heart for the House? Why am I excited about Heart for the House? Have you ever seen kids who are super excited to give a gift around Christmas? Or, uh, or, or they draw you something, Stacia, at school, and they're super excited about this, this drawing that they made, and they bring it, and you're like, I have no clue what it is, but that's great. I love it. And you put it on the fridge, and somebody walks by like, oh, what is that? I have no clue, but they were so excited. I have to keep it up for at least a week. I have to give it up for at least a week. Why are we excited to give? Because just like those kids who are giddy to give, We are excited 
because we get to give. You guys were probably thinking like, well, he's going to give something super profound. It's going to be so awesome. I need to take notes. No, literally. We're excited for heart for the house because we get to give. We have an opportunity to join God at work. God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth in our city, and he invites us to join him at work. Jesus Christ saved us, redeemed us, and called us to his mission to be a part of what he's doing. So now we get to contribute to the one thing that is going to change and flip our community, region, and world upside down. The church is the hope of the world. We're excited because we get to give. And these are six reasons. I'm going to go through them really, really quickly. Six reasons of why it's important that we get to give. Why it's in our heart to give. Point number one, because Jesus gave to us first. Jesus gave to us first. We are celebrating a season right now. Christmas is a season where we recognize God's precious gift of his son and Jesus willingly giving himself over to the world. Being born of a virgin and walking in this world, in this sinful, this treacherous, this condemning world, not to condemn it, but to give it life and to give it life abundantly. Matthew 10, 8 says, you have been treated generously, so live generously. Jesus Christ generously gave of himself. I've heard individuals say that God expended the resources of heaven to save you and I. He gave of his most precious gift. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So why do we give? Because Jesus gave to us first. So we've been treated generously, so we're going to give generously. Point number two. We've heard this said as kids growing up. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35 says, it is blessed to give. And this word blessed, that it's this word called makarios, it's giddy, it's fun to give. It's exciting to give. I know a lot of people, I've seen Facebook posts of people in this room who have bought gifts for people like, man, I'm so excited to give. Giving gifts is exciting. When you know that you're giving something that's special, something that's going to make a difference, you're excited to give because it is more blessed to give. I love what it says in, in the message version. It says, you're far happier giving than getting. And I think in this world, we're so used to receiving, we're so used to getting things, We're so apt to want to receive that sometimes we forget that giving is exciting. And that's why seasons like Christmas remind us of that. We get an opportunity to give to other people. I love what Winston Churchill said this. He says, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. That's beautiful. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So it is more blessed to give than to receive. Point number three. I'm devoted to God and to you. I'm devoted to God and devoted to you. Why are we excited we get to give? Because we get to do this together. 
we're better together. We realize that collectively we can do more. We can go farther. We can accomplish more. God intentionally brings the church together. God intentionally groups people relationally so that they can act together to accomplish more for his his will and his mission. That's why he called the church. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because it's going to be a movement of people working together in tandem. Scripture says two are better than one. So it's important that we look at this thing and say, listen, I'm not the only one giving. That person over there is not the only one giving. We're all giving because we're better together and we'll go further and longer and accomplish more because we're devoted to God and we're devoted to each other. There's this quote by Chris Hodges. He's a pastor down in Alabama. He says this, your full potential can only be found when you give in covenant family. When you give, when you reciprocate, when you go back and forth. Your full potential can only be found when you find your covenant family and you, you work together to give and take. And you're devoted to one another. You're saying, I want our students to continue to flourish, so I'm devoted to them. And I'm going to give so that our student ministry can continue to grow. We give so that our children's ministry, so read kids can continue to flourish because we're devoted to it. We're making a commitment. Devotion is an internal, personal decision that we're making says, I am all in. I'm going to give of myself. If I could just be transparent, Christine and I were called to model this here at Relevant Church to be devoted to you guys. Through thick, through thin, no matter what happens, no matter how tough times got, we wanted to commit to y'all and say we are devoted to this church. Even when other opportunities came, we realized we were devoted here because we are better together. And so we want to show our commitment and our devotion to you so we've given of ourselves, not only our time, our talent, but also our resources. And when we're devoted together, Psalm 92, 13 says this. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. People who band together in God's house to do his mission, to to follow his will. They flourish in the courts of God. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9, you guys are familiar with all of this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. And that's why I'm just inviting you into this opportunity. None of us is not as good as all of us. We are in this thing together. We believe that 2019, God wants to do something spectacular in this city and in this region through his church. Point number four. Why are we excited to give? Why are we happy that we get to give? Because we really believe in the vision of our church. We really believe that it is high time for people to learn to passionately follow Jesus out of religion, out of rules, but out of relationship and out of a right view of Jesus Christ in their life. Learning that Jesus is relevant. 
we are devoted to the vision of this church, knowing that we want to passionately follow Jesus. We want to set the model and love across boundaries. I look around in this church and there's people from every background, every income level, every political persuasion. At the end of the day, what unites us is much deeper than what separates us. And it is high time that society, that the world sees the church as united, as coming together and not divided as one church. We are better together. We believe in the vision of our church. And not only that, we believe in the vision of the big C church, of what God is doing in churches all around us. When we flourish, they flourish. When they flourish, we flourish. Ephesians 3.10 says this. This is Paul writing. He says, through followers of Jesus, just like yourselves, gathered in churches, the extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about. The extraordinary plan of God is coming to life. It's coming to fruition because of individuals just like you in the local church who are serving and giving of themselves. Uh, Let me just give you a couple of statistics that I just found out. 80%, remember remember Hurricane Harvey that hit Texas really bad? 80% of the relief in Hurricane Harvey came from the Christian church. 80%. The good work that the church is doing is getting noticed. People are realizing that it's time to go beyond the four walls of the church and support what's on the outside. 65% of hospitals in poverty-stricken areas all over the world, 65% are built and run by churches. That's big. The local church is the hope of the world. Why? Because it is God's house and it is Christ's body. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Hey, here's the deal. Okay, can I just say something really bold? If you take the local church out of the world, this world would be in chaos. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The local church is the number one vehicle that God uses to bring people to salvation to nurture them and mobilize them, go out and seek and save the lost in Jesus' name. That's why we do what we do. There's a vision ahead of us. Number five, one of the most important things. Why do we give? Why are we excited that we get to give? Because one day we want to hear Jesus say, well done. Well done. You know, I I sit there and I picture what it's going to be like when Christ comes and he cracks the sky open. And we see this majestic, incredible being who looks just like us. And we see the cloud of angels all around him. And scripture says, and at that moment, we will be caught up Us too, we will begin to rise and we will meet him face to face. And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we will be changed and we will be forever like him. And I just picture myself getting to heaven and be so excited and so giddy to thank Jesus for everything that he's done for me. 
I'm going to be so excited and so giddy to say, Jesus, you could have left me in the muck and mire of my sin. I know who I was. I don't deserve to be up here. And I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be one of those kids, and I'm jumping. I can't wait. I'm coming. Hurry up, guys. Hurry up. It's my turn. It's my turn. I just want to see Jesus. And Jesus is going to be there. I don't know if he's going to be sitting on his throne or he's going to be sitting, chilling by the water, by the sea of glass. I don't know what it is. But all, I'm, all I know is I'm going to be so excited to walk up to Jesus and just say, thank you. I was a mess. Thank you. I sinned against you. Thank you. You could have left me where I was at. Thank you. I didn't do this by myself. Thank you. And I'm finally going to get that moment. Dana's going to be right in front of me. I'm like, Dana, hurry up. Dana, you're you're hogging all the Jesus time, even though we've got eternity with him. I'm like, you're hogging all the Jesus time. And then she's going to look at me like, oh, my gosh, Muta, hurry up. All right, go. And I'm going to walk up to Jesus, and I'm just going to fall at his feet. And I'm going to say, Jesus, thank you so much for everything. And I'm just going to start spitting out all these things I've done thankful for. And he's going to be like, hush, hush, hush. It's okay. Because I'm like, no, Jesus, this is this. And he's going to be like, listen, I've got something I want to tell you. I'm like, no, Jesus, let me go first. No, 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 i got something I want to tell you. And, you know, I'm a preacher, so I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking. And he's going to be like, shut up, bro. That's how Jesus is going to talk to me. I got something I need to tell you. And I'm going to be sitting there looking down at his feet. And he's going to say, look up. And I'm say, Jesus, you're, you're too holy. You're, t- you're too perfect. I can't, I can't look at you. You've been too good to me. And he says, I got something I want to tell you. And I'm going to look at him in his face. And he's going to say two words to me. Well done. Well done. Jesus wants to say well done to every single one of us in here. Why do we get to give? Because as believers, we know that we are sealed in his blood and our faith is our guarantee. The Holy Spirit is in us and whether or not we make a mistake today or tomorrow, he's already redeemed us and as long as we continue to pursue him, we are going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. I will set you over much. Enter into my joy. We get to give because Jesus wants to give to us. It says in scripture that as Jesus comes, his reward is with him. Have you thought about that? When Jesus returns to take us home, it says his reward for you and I is with him. Jesus wants to repay us for what? Why do we get to give? Why are we excited? Because Jesus is constantly giving to us. He's constantly giving us new life. He's constantly giving us new opportunities. And not only that, when he returns, it says his reward is with him. And he's going to be giving us gifts. He continues to give to us after he gave it all. He says, I've got more. Point number six, why are we excited? 
Because there is more. There is more. We've had over 60 people give their hearts to Jesus. Over 20 people be baptized. There is more. Yeah, we can celebrate that. There's people in this community who are dying, literally dying to know Jesus. They're looking for other things to fulfill them. Whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever it is. And Jesus says, hey, listen, there is more. There's more work to do. The harvest is plenty. Keep going. Keep striving. Keep serving. Keep giving. Because there's more. And I believe in 2019, we are about to see a banner year in the name of Jesus. 2019 is going to be the greatest year that Relevant Church has seen to date. Why? Because there is more. This was the year of the shift. Next year is the year for more. We've shifted. We are shifting into a new possible. Scripture says this. There's no eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And I believe that as 2019 rolls around the corner, the blessings are just going to start falling over. They're going to be coming over us. And we're going to see God do more. And for somebody in here, I just want to let you know that there is more for you as well, too. There is more. Maybe you're living your life and you're saying, is this all there is? No, there's more. The world for hundreds of years was quiet. Didn't hear anything from God. And after years and years of silence from God. A few shepherds were out walking and they found out. An angel came to tell them, the story's not over yet. There's more. Jesus Christ came into this earth to live the life that we absolutely failed to live. The life that we can't live on our own. The life that we drop the ball all the time. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, I can't get it together. I can't stop doing this. There's this addiction that's inside of me. There's this tendency about me. There's this uh, depression inside of me. There's this unforgiveness inside of me. And Jesus today is saying, listen, I've given to you on the cross, but there is more. I've come to give you life and life abundantly. So you don't have to get stuck in the mode thinking that this is all there is to life. There is more. And this morning, why have people chosen to give to Relevant Church? Why have people continuously supported the mission and the vision of this church? It's for you. To let you know that there is hope. 
to let you know that there's a God that loves you. That there is a Messiah, Jesus, who came to this earth and died for your sins and gave it all up for you. And never think that the situation that you're in or the place that you are or the abuse that you felt or anything that has been done to you, that that is your limiting factor. There is more. You can live the life that he destined to give you. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.